This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. It's almost Christmas and I have a gift for our listeners. It's a poem I wrote a few years ago about a late season day of fly fishing and I'm offering it in response to popular demand. Hmm. How would you define quote popular demand unquote? Well, how many people really demanded it other than you? Well, well one one that I know of, one that I know of. Yeah. Yeah, that would be you. Well, well I should yes. say it should be I as well. Be no, me. It would be, yeah, it would be me. I mean, I demanded popularly that I get a chance to share my poem, okay? All right, it's Christmas time. I guess we're going to get this no matter what, aren't we? I know, you've got no choice. Okay, so this poem is set in December in Montana's Gallatin Valley. It's where I used to live, and it's true. Uh, so here we go. You ready? "'Twas the week before Christmas when there in my house I looked out on the valley and I started to grouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, but it's my stocking-foot waders I wanted to wear. So away from the window I flew like a flash, tore open my duffel bag where my fly gear was stashed. Before long I was nestled all snug in my bed while visions of rainbow trout danced in my head. The next morning I drove to the Madison River. It was frosty and cool and the chill made me shiver. I had just parked my truck when there arose such a clatter. I opened my door to see what was the matter. It roared like a freight train, that miserable wind. I knew that my chances to catch trout were quite thin. More rapid than eagles, the snowflakes they came. So I shouted at the wind and called it a name. Then I tied on a prince nymph and went straight to my work while hoping a rainbow might give it a jerk. The wind just kept whipping that new falling snow. I was about to stop casting, about ready to go. When what to my watering eyes should disappear, but my miniature strike indicator, and this caused me to cheer. The trout was a dandy and put up a fight as snow kept on falling and made the ground white. So I called it a day and I shouted, all right, Merry Christmas to all and to all. A good night. Is it over yet? (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course it's over. Did you catch that last line? Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. Actually, I'm actually quite impressed that you uh, crafted that. Well, that was, uh, that took a little time, my friend. I I know. I guess it's the the poet in me that comes out once in a great while. (laughs) But but that's what late... season fly fishing is like it's yeah for sure yeah it's it's got its challenges but it has its rewards too and that's what we're talking about today we're talking about late season fly fishing Uh, dave you and i had some opportunities to fish in late october and november uh, this fall uh, in the cold and even in some snow so uh, let's talk about what the challenges are and what the payoffs are uh, start with the challenges. Dave, when you think of fly fishing, what's one of the challenges? The big challenge, I think, is that it's also hunting season, and especially in rifle season. And there's an eerie emotion that I have thinking that you could be in someone's scope, yeah, man. right, wow. as they're scoping uh, the landscape. And 
fact, somebody on Facebook mentioned that she had been out fishing and discovered that a hunter had been looking through his scope at her and her husband. Oh, my word. Think oh. about that. The rifle shoots where the crosshairs of the scope are. Oh, my and, goodness. And so it is. It's a time of year in which you just have to be aware of it. And, yep. and you know, we have, you have to take precautions. So, Steve, what do we do? Yeah, so we were out on Canfield uh, Creek in uh, southeast Minnesota uh, just a few weeks ago it was uh what mid-november early yeah, november it was early and, november and we knew that it was uh, rifle season and and that part of uh, we were in uh what forest mysteryville state park did i say that right yep. it's forest there's a forest cave mysteryville i'm sorry i should know what it is i think but, it's forestville mystery cave state yes park. yes there you go there you go uh, anyway we we wore orange uh threw in uh you know got in my hunting pack and yep. grabbed up grabbed the blaze orange vest and we we did that and part of it you think ah this is kind of silly but hey i'd rather be silly than than uh you know yeah. be shot and remember when we walked out there were a couple of uh well we saw three i i thought they were hunters but they were they thought we were hunters yeah. they were yeah, fly yeah. fishers i'm pretty sure that one of them was a guy yeah i think so too uh, and you know he, he had the biggest blaze orange vest on and probably i don't know maybe if he's required to or not but but yeah that's that's what we did you, you take that precaution that's uh, uh not not everywhere you fish might might be uh you know even if it's hunting season you know you, you might not be right in harm's way but uh, definitely there there was deer hunters in the area some places it could be waterfowl i mean you, you never know so it's uh yeah that's definitely a challenge well we were fishing in the minnesota driftless and the and in that time or during that time of year there's only a few state parks that are open to fishing yeah. and so mm -hmm. uh, usually the the fly fishers congregate in these places everywhere else is closed but in those places also have hunting and so it's just really a good precaution to wear yeah, that, wear really that hunter orange it really is you know another challenge that you you face and a lot of these are going to have to do with weather but one that i didn't think a lot about until uh, this fall again was was roads and uh, I had quite the adventure in Yellowstone National Park without me I, yeah, might I, say. I know it I know well if you remember I invited you to come yes, out you did but you you wouldn't do it you yeah. ditch me for being responsible yeah, or something exactly <laughs> three yeah, kids the, in college uh, yeah, this fall. I know. well yeah the deal was I had to be in Portland you know for business my, my way was paid there to, to teach a doctoral course at a, at a seminary and so uh, I, I get this idea, you know what, on, on the way back, I'd only have to pay for one leg of a flight uh, if, if I flew back to Bozeman, and then I'd, I'd either pay from Portland to Bozeman or from Bozeman to home, and I think I paid for Bozeman to home, wasn't that bad, and thought, hey, why not, you know, yeah, fish, for sure. fish like three days, and, and I thought maybe by then they, the gardener would be good. So, so there's a guy that I know in, in Libertyville, a friend of mine, he's part of our church, uh, he's a re retired a high school uh, science teacher. He was a head of the science department, a swimming coach, great guy, uh, loves the fish. He's gotten into fly fishing, and he's, he's actually a lot better than he says he is. He says he's just a beginner, but, you know, he's one of those athletic guys, Dave. We've talked before that, you know, they, they just pick it up, and, you know, they're, they're better than everyone else is yeah. who's fly fished for five years. And in anyway, uh, so uh, Greg was able to come to, he flew out there and met me out there and, and we had a great time. By the way, the gardener was not, uh, 
Yeah, it wasn't that productive, and so we we spent a morning on that. It wasn't very good. We drove. What was the time? What was the time of that again? Was well, it, it was like o- in fact the, the day that I'm talking about. I looked. I, I just looked yesterday. It was October 19. So this is right around the time. Yeah, this is when we had hunt, right. We were actually well. there a little bit earlier. I think like the 15th or 16th, the year we did so well. But there, we we just. Nothing, and and part of it was it was a sunny, you know, clear, gorgeous day. There were actually some fly fishers out on the the water. I was a little surprised, and that's that's another story. But I think that's gotten a lot more popular. So I would not plan a trip around, uh, you know, hoping that the gardener is going to fish well in, in the fall. I think you've Richard Parks is right. You've got to have a, a you know, a, a kind of a dark gloomy snowy or rainy day in in late fall if you get those runners moving but anyway that's another story but they didn't fish well so we drove over to tower fall and i had seen the forecast weather forecast for gardner that that's it you can only you know well no it was for mammoth hot springs but you can only get weather forecasts in certain locations and and the snow, there was some snow that was going to hit that night. And it wasn't going to be that much. I thought, well, no problem. So we drove over and, and we walked down and we're fishing and really had a, had a great couple of hours in the, the water, caught some you know, really nice uh, uh, Yellowstone cutthroats. And Greg loved that. That was something on his bucket list. He'd never caught a Yellowstone cutthroat. And we had a great time. And it was snowing softly. I mean, it was just gorgeous, just Gorgeous. So we get back up to the parking lot about four o'clock, and there were there were five cars, four cars, including ours, in the parking lot, and and we noticed that that the you know the road for there at, at Tower Fall at, was closed the rest of the way because it goes up over Dunraven Pass and it's much higher elevation, and so yeah, so we we knew that, but while we're putting our getting our waders off or no, I didn't have my waders that day, but getting our fly gear off, uh, there was a ranger that kind of pulled into the parking lot and he had his, uh, it wasn't a bullhorn, but you know, some sort of a loudspeaker Siren system. or yeah. something, yeah. And he said, we'd like everybody to move down the mountain. We're preparing to close the road. And I thought, well, that's, yeah, I, I get it. It's because tonight there's going to be a snowstorm and they, they want to get ahead of it. Because at that point, the, the parking lot and the highway, the road that we could see, was just wet. But as we started driving from uh, uh, t- Tower, we're, we're heading back towards Mammoth. Uh, even before I got to Tower Junction, I, I noticed, though, the snow is sticking to the road. And I thought, oh, great, because we got some hills and some windy stuff. And we had this, I, I rented this little SUV. But I, I remember when I picked it up at the airport, I thought, you know, these aren't, greatest looking snow tires yeah they're all weather radials but the tread wasn't that aggressive and I I think this vehicle had like 18,000 miles on it but I thought well those tires look a little more worn than that I was like well whatever we're not going to hit snow and I've got four-wheel drive but uh, I I noticed when I would drive up a hill that it it would slip just a little bit and I I thought we're fine because there's nobody uh, in front of us and uh, but but all of a sudden we're we're coming down this hill and uh, my friend told me later because he looked at the sign it was Elk Creek uh, but we're at the top of this hill and we look down and there are people waving their arms down at the bottom of this hill I thought, oh no somebody's 
you know, slid off the road or something. So anyway, I start slowing down and then I realize, oh man, this is slick. I'm, I'm sliding, you know, the anti-lock brakes kicked in and I, I had plenty of time to get it stopped. But I get towards the bottom and I see there are two cars dangling over the edge. Holy yeah, cow! Dangling over the edge and the people were out. And as soon as I stopped, you know, so I'm in the right lane and, and the road was actually sloped. Uh, so it, it's almost like I'm on this little hillside, not, not, a, not a huge uh, uh, incline, but still I'm on this hillside. And as soon as I stopped, our vehicle just starts sliding towards the edge. Holy uh, cow. Oh, oh no. my gosh. And and then, you know, within, I mean, it seemed like we slid 10 feet and it was probably five, six inches, but, <laughs> but it, it stopped and there were people there and I'm thinking, I see cars behind me and I'm thinking, you know, they, they all seem to be okay. I said, hey, are you guys okay? Yeah. I said, you know, there's a, there's a, a national park, uh, you know, there's a park ranger who is, is behind us. They're, they're coming down. And somebody else had stopped to help him. But I realized if we stop, this is going to be dangerous because... Yeah, somebody's going to hit you yeah, from behind. Yeah, somebody's going to hit us. And there's this domino effect. So we uh, we kept moving. And I'll tell you what, it was it was kind of treacherous. We came to... You know that one place there that's that beautiful vista? Yeah. You, kind of the top of the hill. And there's yeah. some switchbacks. Well, there was a... There was a vehicle that had run off the road, and I can't believe it was actually upright. I, I thought, you know, how did they not roll this thing? And and then we're driving along, and I had a car right on my tail. It really ticked me off. I thought, are you kidding me? We get to this this stretch of the road where there's a little bit of window. Zoom, they, they passed me, and it had Montana plates. It, it was... Uh, Oh, it was Missoula. It was Missoula plate. You can tell in Montana because you get the, you know, the numbers on the oh the counties. Uh, yeah, the counties. I think hmm. it, was, it was four plates, uh, four dash whatever. Uh, you know, Butte's one. Uh, used to be based on population. It wouldn't be that way today. But Butte's one, Great Falls is two, Billings three, Missoula four, Helena five, Bozeman six. Anyway. And they just zoomed right by us, and I, I thought, well, I don't know, maybe they're maybe they're natives who just aren't afraid of anything, locals, or maybe they rented the car and yeah. they don't know any better. But uh, it was it was kind of scary, and it just made me realize, you know, anytime you're uh, you're fall fly fishing, and you've got tricky weather, I think it's almost like hunting. The most dangerous part of hunting, even though we it's just driving talked about, to and yeah, from, yeah, you know, we talked about wearing orange. It's it's driving there and back. That's, One thing that hits me, and this is a corollary to what you're talking about, those smaller crossover SUVs, they're really cars, and they're light. And I just, anytime you drive a larger SUV or like a like I have Honda Pilots, yeah, mm-hmm. you realize you have something really substantive on the road. You do, mm-hmm. but those. You know, the trend over the last 10 to 15 years is, uh, you know, the manufacturers know yep. that people buy SUVs. They don't like regular cars. Yeah. Another one uh, that we've talked about is the cold, right? Oh, man. Yeah, that's for sure. It's always my hands. My hands have always been cold. I mean, as, as a kid, even you know, even in my 20s, uh, all I have to say, remember last year when we fished the Blue River in Wisconsin? It was a day about 30 two or three degrees and it was sunny i the, the sun coming off that snow it was so warm i took yeah, my gloves off it was but warm. but you know that that's always an issue and it's it's more what it's, it's i was gonna say more exacerbated give me a 
Give me a cheaper word. That's too big a word for today. <laughs> yeah, the, the cold just makes it worse. Amplified. Yeah, ampl yeah, that's right. Something like that. Anyway, <laughs> that's true. when you're around water and, and you might dip your hands in water, or you're, you're just stripping your line back in and it's wet, uh, your hands can get cold. And then you're, trying to, then you're trying to tie, if you're trying to tie a fly on, you know, maybe a little 18 you know, zebra midge or, or some you know, little 18 copper john, you're trying to tie it on a 5x or 6x tippet like that, that is really hard i think so. that's one of the unique things about late season is that you can get a warmer day which i had in in late october in yeah. the minnesota driftless when i went out by myself when i was coming back from hunting mm -hmm. and i stopped at at uh, forestville mystery cave Star state park had a really mm -hmm. wonderful day it was 52 yeah. degrees it was just mm -hmm. gorgeous yep but you can also have those, you know, into the 20s and 30s oh, with yeah. snow, and that's what you're talking about. Yeah. And didn't you say once, what's the what's the most difficult range? I think for think? me, if it's lower than 30, I know what to expect, and I, you know, I kind of maybe it's because I man up. Or, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I just start to go. Okay, I need to be really be prepared. It's going to be cold. But for me, the most difficult range is between 30 and 45 degrees. Interesting. Yeah. You're either too mm -hmm. cold or you're too yeah. warm. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. And and it's and I have to say I know yes you have to wear gloves and layers and all that stuff but I, I still have never found a pair of gloves no. that were a pair that was agile enough for my fingers yes. to be able to use throughout the day and oh, warm enough. I know. Well, and I always laugh too that the gloves you see for fly fishers they they have the fingertips exposed. Well, sorry, that's the part that gets cold <laughs> Isn't first. Is that where so, the nerves are? <laughs> yeah, how, how does how does that help? They look good. Yeah. But hey, let's talk about it. So what do you do then to stay warm? Well, well one thing is is layers. For sure, and, that's And that's huge because like you say, you can heat up going in. I I learned that years ago hunting. You know, we'd go in hunting and you know, we'd walk in 3 miles into the wilderness area in you know, Paradise Valley, Montana, where my folks lived. And and I remember sometimes it would be 20 degrees, but I would carry my wool hunting coat in because I didn't want to sweat. Uh, because then if you're standing, you're on top yeah. of a windy yeah. ridge. So it's kind of the same thing, you know, with, uh, with fly fishing. You can wear layers. Sometimes I'll stash my jacket and my vest as I'm walking in. And, and we talked about gloves. Yeah, there, there's nothing... Uh, you just have to find, do the best you can. I, I tend to get a nice warm pair of gloves, but then take them off when I'm actually fishing. Yeah. And then, yeah, put them, take a break, put them back on. Have, have you used the little hand warmers? You know, I have. You know, they have the disposable ones. Yeah, I've I, used those, but boy, they, they are, get wet. Yeah, I, it, I think the over. real ones are, you know, the real substantive ones are better. Yeah. Um, but I, I just have not found hand yeah. warmers. I here's, mm -hmm. I just say when it's the temp is cold, I just go, okay, I'm, my fans are going to be cold all day. Yeah, and, and it's just kind you of just, you have to stop and warm them up so they function. Or sometimes what I do is just bring really big, thick, warm mitts. Yes, yeah, and exactly. And I say, okay, I'm going to either have no gloves on, and then I'll put yep. my hands in mm -hmm. and, right. and just that. alternate. Yep. And I just, it's just, yep. uh, hands are just a chronic oh, problem when it comes to cold. Hats are really essential, yeah, too. Really I mean, you, you lose body heat, uh, you know, even though you may not feel like your head's cold, that's where you lose body heat. So keeping your keeping your head warm can actually help your hands. And yeah, I, for sure. I have a, I have a Sims... Uh, cap that that I like that's got oh, yeah. the, it's got the, the flaps, flaps yeah. that I can yeah, yeah, keep yeah. up or they come down but it's it's warm it looks it's, like a like a uh, 
air, uh, what do you call them? Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know. I can't remember the name of like it. Like an aeronautical yeah, right. cap yeah, or yeah, fl- it you does. Know, with flaps and yep. I forget what but the word is. It's got that, it's not fur, but it's no. got that lining so it's nice yeah. and warm. And uh, Socks, do you do anything special for socks? You know, I try to put some wool socks, usually with a light liner yeah. underneath. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, my feet don't get cold. No, mine don't either. I, I think the thing, if, if they do, you just keep moving. Yeah. Or sometimes, though, I'll notice at the end of the day, if I'm chilled, it's like, okay, it's just going to be this way till I'm done. I'm yeah. chilled, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I like the neck gaiter, too. Because yeah, can, absolutely. I think that's a really key piece. You can get that up over your face, your yes, cheeks. Absolutely. That's, that's what I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I think ultimately, too, you also need some, you know, a light thermos of a coffee or hot oh, chocolate. I forgot to do that in November. I know. And we, I was we, so, like, we ticked didn't off. didn't do that. I know it. That that uh, I mean, that was a big disappointment. It was wasn't in the it? middle of the a- in the middle of the of the day, or you know, yeah. if you're only out for three. I think we were only out for three or four hours. But yeah, I know it. Man, it just it just takes the edge off. I know. And the other thing with cold too is uh, your your fly rod guides can ice. Now we didn't have that happen this no, time, uh-uh. I don't think. But we've talked about it before. If that happens, be really careful about trying to snap ice off with your fingers because you can easily break a a guide off of your rod tip so uh, submerge them in water that's about the easiest thing to do i uh, i i have to be honest it's hard not to work it with your oh fingers. yeah and, and i'll do it a little yeah, bit because yeah. you can actually use the warmth of your fingers but what you can't do if you get a you know it's one thing if it starts to crystallize but if you get an actual ice chunk yeah, that's where you can't yeah, be you trying cannot, to snap yeah. that now, I know there's people that will use what? Chapstick. Chapstick or other things. Vaseline. I just never have the patience no, to do I, that. I just... Yeah, I'm, yeah, totally. It's probably not a bad idea, but but I don't do it. But I don't do it. Yeah. I, I would say I have I have broken my fly rods in every possible way. I have never yeah. done it this no, way. No, I haven't either but that way. But I, I guess I still have to do this at there's, some point. There's, there's always a first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's always a first. So uh, another one... It would be fickle fish, and we we wouldn't fish in the winter if we didn't catch some fish. But how do you think about that, Dave? What are some things you can do? Um, well, we always fish later and quit sooner. So yeah. you know, we try to get it's out there nine thirty or window, ten. Isn't yeah, there's it? just a and window. That's okay. Yeah. And and we have found, although that one day that one fly fisher was out earlier than we were. Yeah. He'd been already on mm-hmm. the river for a, yeah. like an hour or two. But and he we said used, he caught a couple. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Who he knows if that was telling true? Telling the or not. truth. Yeah, I mean, he exactly. Did, yeah. So we always linger at breakfast, and which is nice. It's a fly fishing strategy, yeah, right? It's a strategy. Yes. That's right. Yes. Um, so, but yeah, so we fish later. You know, we start <laughs> later and quit sooner. Yeah. So and and also nymphs probably are the best yeah, bet. Although right. midges. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you get some dry yeah. fly action. Yeah, 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 surprising. Yeah, yeah. So always watch for that. But uh, nymphing is is good. You can. Occasionally, you can strip a streamer if, if you're a place where there's some runners, but they're not going to be as aggressive in I just in haven't had that. as much. Yeah. I've had better luck on the blue in Wisconsin with streamers, but this fall, I yeah. had hardly little. I mean, no. I tried. I worked hard on streamers. I didn't. I caught all my fish in October yeah. and November. You're yeah. nymphing. Yeah. I, you know, I tried streamers to no avail. You know, yep. I saw two or three risers. You know, there were some really tiny betas yeah. and then also some midges. But it was so random that yeah. I just so I just nymph fished. Oh, I know it really is, Dave. Any other uh, you know any other hazards or uh, uh, challenges that that you face when you think about uh, late season fly fishing? I think reds 
they're not a challenge. Oh, they're yeah, just a, an, an issue in the yes, fall. And I, I don't think right. you and I were prepared for how many reds that we saw in Canfield Creek. Yeah, I was really surprised. It, it looked like a, a, just a bunch of shiny patches up and down yeah, the river. Yeah. I'd never seen it like that. Of so, course, I'd never fished this time of year either. But Boy, and, and we are always careful not to, to walk on the reds, but there were a couple times where we needed to cross, and it was it was challenging to yeah, find a place. Really was, we, yeah. we had to work at finding a place, and... Yeah, so if, if you know that there's, and reds, by the way, if, if you're new to fly fishing or the spawning beds that, that you, you'll see in the fall, you can see them in the spring as, as well with, with rainbows or uh, cutthroat. Uh, that, that's why, by the way, the Yellowstone River in the park is closed until, uh, what, almost July? Yeah. Mid July, I think yeah, it yeah. is, uh, because of, of that reason. So, yeah, stay off the reds and... Uh, uh, yeah, we we try to fish on the issue. bank as much yep. as possible mm -hmm. in these, especially in these smaller streams. Yeah, we really cross do. only when necessary. So there's yeah. not a lot of we don't do a lot of wading, you know, deep wading and yeah, no. long stretches of wading. You no, just can't do that. No, and it, it, it's not a safe either in the, the 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 fall when it's cold. I mean, if you fall in, uh, get wet in the summer, it's like it's an annoyance, but. Well, in, in the winter, it can be a yeah. life or death matter. Yeah, for sure. So with all those challenges, why in the world would we ever fish? There's got to be some advantages, right? Yeah, well, the first is no crowds, right? <laughs> oh, man, I um, love it, yeah. I mean, did, what was it like in uh, Yellowstone? Oh, my goodness. Well, other than the gardener, but that's, you know, that's right along the, yeah. the highway, and it's, it's known for the, the fall runners. Uh, but otherwise, there are no crowds. We did not see another fly fisher uh, on the Yellowstone River below Tower. Just, just there just weren't. Yeah. Just and when I fished, I fished Canfield twice this mm -hmm. late season, late October, and then early November with you, once mm -hmm. by myself, once together with you. And the, the time in late October was just one of the most beautiful days oh, fly wow. fishing I've ever had. And Canfield, uh, well, the Mystery Cave State Park is just a gorgeous, gorgeous uh, oh, really fishery. Is. It's just yeah. unbelievably beautiful. And with all the leaves turning, the hard oaks and the other hardwoods turning was just fabulous. But there was just, I'm, I, I was amazed that there were no fly fishers all day. And no. what's really amazing is that there's no other streams that are open, right? No. Now, there's, you know, in, there's probably four or five state parks with trout streams in southeastern Minnesota. But I was thinking I was going to see more fly fishers, and there just weren't. And I was just grateful for that. So no crowds. And that's the upside, the, the upside too, of, of our challenge that we face when it's hunting season because uh, you might need to wear blaze orange, but the, the other side of it is uh, a lot of your fly fishing buddies are yeah. toting their shotguns and, and yeah. rifles, yeah, and so sure. you have the river to your, yourself. Uh, what, what else, Dave? Well, I think the slower pace... Uh, I mean, I like it because I do too. You know, yeah, I, I like getting up early and fishing, but mm -hmm. I also am okay with lingering at breakfast. And because we tend to, we, we kind of go into attack mode when we fish. I mean, yeah. that's probably overstated, but yeah, you get intense. You realize we do, you got to yeah. make the most of this time. I want to yep. make sure we're, we're out there at the right time. Yep. And we're we're charging in there, but yeah, there there is something about winter. It's yeah. just like ah, or or late fall. It's yeah. the, it's the, just different. It it's is. a different kind it of really fishing, is. and I really love it yeah. for that. What about you? What are, what are some other? You know, I, I think the scenery is is huge. It's 
you know, scenery is great every season of the year, but there is something kind of that mystique of fishing on a day when the the snow is falling. And I have to say that day that uh, that that Greg and I fished the Yellowstone below Tower. I mean, this it was October nineteenth. I looked at it because I, I I took a photo. We'll have to post it on Instagram of our. Uh, of tower fall that day and the snow yeah, you should is send some falling. pics over oh, i don't think i've seen it any is of those. just it is gorgeous just gorgeous uh so uh, yeah i i love that and even even that day on the river you know there, there's kind of this low-hanging clouds or, or fog and then it's just lightly snowing and oh my and then you then you land a fish in that we we watched a buffalo, Dave, cross the the river. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was, it was amazing. And really, uh, cross the yeah, Yellowstone. Cross the Yellowstone. That was. Boy, he's got a low center of gravity, don't oh, they? Oh, I know. It was. It was oh something else. Yeah. Huh. So, yeah, that, it's it's just gorgeous. And and we had that too at Canfield, didn't we? Right. And I mentioned that just a few minutes ago, but it was one of the most gorgeous yeah. days that I had in late October. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said with all the hardwoods and all that, but also when you and I went, it was yeah. a clear day. Yeah, it was gorgeous. Even though you, as a fly fisher, you kind of hope for an overcast day. It's yeah, like, hey, right, this right, is, right, right. This is beautiful. Exactly. Just yeah. beautiful. Well, another one is, you know, one of the advantages. Sometimes you you hit it hit it right, right? There's yeah. some, there is some good fishing yeah, in these. Yeah, that's right. In the transitional mm-hmm. the transitional season, I guess yep. is, is the way to say yeah. it. So what, what would you say is a good day? You know, are we talking a 20, 30 fish day? <laughs> no, I've never had that late fall with the exception <laughs> no. of the gardener, you know, that time right. we had the gardener. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. the, what's this for? People talk about, I, I didn't know this, but uh, people call it uh, a couple to hand, meaning you caught a couple in your net yeah. and you release mm-hmm. them with your, you know. So I think a couple to hand is... Uh, you know, is so a couple yeah. fish a day. I mean, I think to me, if I get two fish out on a day, oh, on a three or four hours, I'm thinking yeah. I just won the lottery. And we did that at Canfield oh yeah, that was great time, day. Yeah, we? yeah, that was nice. And day. I did that the previous time, yeah. but I but if you get five to seven fish in that window, mm-hmm. boy, that's just great. And then anything yeah. over that, especially in the driftless, oh. my gosh, you just won the lottery. Oh, I know it. And you have to be prepared for that. So, you know, I, I talked about that trip I took with Greg. So he and I. Uh, yeah, we, we we got skunked on that. No, he well he tied into a really nice runner uh, in the the gardener, but that was it. We caught nothing. Then we went over that day. This it was a Friday. We no, it was a Saturday. We went over to uh, um, yeah the Yellowstone below Tower. Caught we caught several. I mean, I think he caught six or eight. I think I caught maybe half a dozen. They big, you know, fifteen to. 18 inch uh, cutthroat, really gorgeous. Oh man, those are nice. So then the next day, uh, it it had snowed, and we got up later. Thought, okay, this will be the easy day. So we went over to the Yellowstone River in Paradise Valley. Nothing. So the next day, I, I Monday was our last day to fish. I really wanted to fish Tower again, but I, I saw the forecast and I thought I'm not going to get caught back in there. So. We drove over to uh, the Boulder and we fished the Boulder River uh, below uh, 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 Big Timber and uh, drove up. It was just, and I just wanted to show that country to Greg, and it was gorgeous. The huh. water condition was perfect. There was no wind. It was a perfect condition to see some midges come off the water, which we didn't. So then it's a perfect condition to catch fish on nymphs. Nothing. I mean, absolutely nothing. So that, that's the way it was. But we looked at it and said, hey, three, three days, one day was really good. 
in the afternoon, the short window we fished, and, and I think we would have duplicated that if we would have gone back, but yeah, that, that's wow. what you get. Yeah. So the boulder wasn't that great for you, right? No, you fished no, that as well. No, yeah. that that's yeah, yeah, the yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we just didn't do well on that at all. So yeah, get out. It's uh, it's different. Uh, there's challenges, but there's some uh, real advantages. It's a it's a great time of year to fish yeah, for sure. Well, it's time for great stuff from our listeners. Here's a comment from Vic on our episode "One Fine Rainy Day on the Madison." Uh, Vic writes, "Longtime listener here." My wife and I were overjoyed to find a new episode from you guys. Uh, he mentions that because we've, we've gone into, what, semi-retirement? <laughs> Episodic retirement? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Instead of doing something every week, uh, we, we kind of do things in, in spurts. Vic goes on to say, I'm an ER doctor in training far from my home waters in Michigan. The way you describe your trips with equal parts adventure and reverie are the next best thing to being on the water and almost as healing. It's my favorite way to decompress on the drive home after a rough shift. We all know the quote, if fishing is religion, fly fishing is high church. Oh, that yeah, is just that's golden right, right it's there. It's out of uh, McLean as yep, the river is. runs through it. <laughs> uh, you two are the pastors and we are all lucky to have. Uh, by sharing your personal reflections and thoughts, it makes us more mindful and appreciative of our own journey through fly fishing as well. Our two-year-old son just held his first trout this summer on our road trip through Colorado, and it sparked an idea for a podcast episode. We'd love to hear some stories of you with your kids on the water in the future. Have you thought about having them on air? Your podcast is a gift to us all. Thank you. That's very generous. Well, thank you, Vic. Yeah, it that really. That may make is. us come out of retirement, semi-retirement, and that, that's how we do it. Yeah, We're, totally. Yeah, we, we it's just, all about impact. We do. We love to help people. Love to encourage people because. I did the same thing today. I listened to a podcast on, on my way here, and yeah. it wasn't one of ours, but it was an outdoors hmm. kind of podcast. Hmm. I know. I, you didn't re-listen to, to I was. I'm tired of hearing your voice, Dave. <laughs> no, actually, I don't want to hear my voice. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to listen to it now for uh, this, yeah, this whole exactly. day as we record a bunch of podcasts. So, But, yeah, you know, his last point, we did an episode once with our we did. Who was sons. in that? Ep Christian was in that episode, yeah. and Luke and Ben, Luke right? Luke and Ben, my sons, Luke and Ben. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. Was, that was fun. You know, I should have had Corey, my youngest son, who's a who's nineteen now, in one. I have never had him in. Corey, I took Corey fly fishing. Corey never really connected with fly fishing. Yeah. He's, he mm -hmm. loves to fish and he loves to hunt. Uh, I would say if I had it to do over again, I'd probably try to do more earlier with Corey yeah. specifically. Mm -hmm. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, we do yeah. have an episode on that, and yeah. you can dig back and see. But if you it, find that's it. a great idea. Maybe what we should do next time is uh, just get some of our kids in one no, by one. No, I think one that'd be and great. That would be so. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Vic, and we're uh, we're really happy to yeah to be the the guys that can help you decompress. I have a I have an uncle. I mean, I'm sorry, I have a cousin who's an ER doctor in Spokane, Washington. In fact, he just uh, just retired. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I know that's. Uh, Boy, that's an intense uh, yeah, adrenaline is, rush. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I cannot man, imagine. That is something. I cannot imagine a lifetime of being a no, doc. No, no. Boy, crazy. Yeah, that's a great ministry yes, in and of itself. It sure is. It really is. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs>